Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. This week on the Arkansas AgCast, we're talking cotton. We check in with Dr. Bill Robertson, cotton extension agronomist at the University of Arkansas Division of Agriculture. To hear about record cotton yields last year despite weather challenges and what could lie ahead in 2022. We also get a farmer's perspective on last year's cotton crop from Terry Pollard of Piggott. Dr. Bill Robertson, UA Cotton Agronomist, thank you for joining us today on the Arkansas AgCast. Uh, We want to talk about cotton, uh, of course, and cotton yields this year were apparently uh, very impressive. So can you tell us a little bit more about that you know start off you know with the beginning of you know just tell us what what was so uh impressive about the yield this year okay rob i appreciate the opportunity to be here and visit with you well just it seems like every year has its set of challenges uh some a little more unique than others but this year we had very little cotton planted early um a lot of times you know when when April the 20th to the 25th rolls around and we get a plant in the field, we're planting statewide from the north end of the state to the south end of the state. But this year we had very little cotton planted in, in uh, April and uh, it was wet. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of places had, had issues getting in the ground like in southwest Arkansas. Uh, they, they could not uh, get hardly get a day that it was dry enough to put a planter in the field. Just as it would get dry enough to put a planter in the field to get another rain. Yeah. So they were way off on acres there, but as the middle of May rolled around, we were, we were only about half planted and our optimum window for planting is generally that, that first week, 10 days in May. Oh wow! And so we were, we were way behind our, our optimal window for planting. And so, you know, over half of our crop went in the last half of May, a little bit into June, you know, that's late. But mm. if you look at the year before that was 2021. So if you look at 2020, we really wasn't, wasn't that much different than 2020. In fact, we almost exactly mirrored uh, the planning progress. Oh, okay. uh, and, you know, in, in uh, uh, 2020, we had, you know, I think uh, 1,180 and, and, uh, some odd pounds. You know, we had, we had a really good year. Yeah. But the thing that was, that was unique about this year, we had a late crop going in, but we could always work around that. But then we had a lot of cooler weather as, as we got in through the season. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a late crop that just kept getting later as we got further in the season. And, and that was really, that was really uh, blowing some folks' minds because, huh. you know, because we didn't really feel like we had a, a lot to give up. Um, you know, this last spring, we had a winter and a spring and it turned off winter again. And we had some really cold temperatures at the last part of May. Right. And we had cotton that was coming up. We were still trying to get cotton in the ground. Anyway, that, that really big shift in, in really cold temperatures, you know, had an impact on the plant. And one of the biggest impacts that we saw in the field was a lot of our first fruiting nodes moved up on the plant. Okay. And so when you have a late crop, you know, you're late planting, and then when you're expecting to see fruit, you know, little squares starting to develop on the, 
the fifth and sixth node and it's still not there yet, that even makes you more concerned about the crop. So there were a lot of things to be concerned about this crop early in the year. Yeah. And, uh, but, it, but, uh, but it got better, obviously. Yeah, it got better, but you know, for some of us, it got worse before uh, it got better yet. Yeah. You know, look at, look at all the rain we got in Southwest Arkansas. True. I'm oh, not Southwest, but Southeast Arkansas. Right. And you know, there were, there were a lot of fields in Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas didn't get, a lot of press on this, but there were several fields and several areas where cotton went underwater and, and, it, mm. and then it did it again. And so when we look at kind of how we fared, the, the, the rainfall patterns that we got, we got a lot of rain when we didn't need rain in mm-hmm. central and, and, and southeast Arkansas. And that really had an impact on our yield. Uh, our yields are highly variable in the central and southern part of the state. Mm. And I think most of that is just due to excess water because a lot of times we would get across all of our fields with an irrigation system and then we get another big rain and, and cotton just does not like wet feet. Right. And, and a lot of growers I visited with, you know, where they, they felt like they were a couple hundred pounds off of where they should have been or where they normally would have been with this year because, you know, there were a lot of fields that didn't bust a thousand pounds. Mm. And, and so the Southern, the central, and southeast is highly variable and, and lower yields kind of as a whole. But then you get north of I-40 and the rains hit just almost perfect. We had a really good late fall and in the late fall helped fill out this crop, you know, all right. the way across the state. But look at Missouri. Missouri's yield was over 1,300 pounds. Wow. And so that, that just goes to show yeah. the northern part of the cotton belt, that weather hit just right. So yeah, and that, we did good on cotton, and we did good on other crops too. So that's what I was going to ask. The the strength overall, although it was a strong year for yield, the strength was was kind of regional in its impact, yes. I guess. And and you said, like you mentioned, the central and southeast took a little hit from the rain, uh, and so yeah. that impacted their their overall. Yeah, the the northeast part of the state really was was carrying the rest in terms of that's where our yield come from okay and and you know when we look at years when we have a record yield it's it's having the ability for us as a producer to get all the cotton that the cotton made into a module yeah because there's a lot of times we produce a really good crop but then we have hurricanes we have different things that happen Right. And so all the cotton that the plant makes, we don't get into a module and that's kind of where we suffer. But for a lot of them, especially in the northern part of the state, if the cotton plant made it, we got it in a module. And that that is really the key or a key on on producing high yields. In okay. my opinion. And what was and the total yield uh, this year was a one was a what was the yield yeah. pound wise? The December NAS report has us estimated at 1,287 pounds. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. And our previous high was 1,185, which we set in uh, uh, 2019. Okay. So, like you mentioned, like you're sitting there early in the year, mid-year, you're seeing some of the rain coming in, in, in southeast Arkansas and all that. What were you thinking overall and, and you know, looking at looking ahead to the yield were you kind of down on it at that point and saying well oh it, oh most definitely yeah you know we'd go into you know we you know may one plant of cotton we expect to see blooms in that around july 4th mm. and you'd go into some of this cotton toward the end of toward the end of uh of july 
you know, especially into June and, and get into July and you look and it's just, there's just no, there's no sizable fruit on there. And it, it would kind of make you sick to your stomach yeah. thinking, wow, we got this crop is so late. It's getting later. We're, we're going to have an average crop at best. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I was telling people. I said, get ready because it's not going to be there, but you know, August and September weather, just, just, I'm glad we got what we got and proved right. me wrong on that because that, that, the, the August and September weather finishing this crop out. So that really was, that was the key finish. part was those, those, the weather in those two months really helped save. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where we didn't lose yield potential because we got too much water, too much rain at the wrong time. What was on the plant it, we, you know, we, we, we filled it out and did a good job of filling it out. So really early, uh, you know, particularly mid season, there was no way to anticipate a record setting year. <laughs> I mean, this was, that was no, kind of a, no. yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of getting to be the norm that, that our cotton goes in late. And, you know, it's traditionally our early planted crops do the best. But here's some of the last few years we've just been having tremendous falls. And not just cotton, but other crops, especially in some regions of the country or regions mm-hmm. of the state. The later planted crops do better than the early planted crops. And that's just not the norm. I don't, well, I don't yeah. feel like we can count on that happening year in and year out. Right. But we've, you know, I think that blind hog found an acre in the last couple of years because we've had a really late crop and we've done well, but I don't, you know, I, I just, people shouldn't get used to that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be very dangerous to get used to that, especially with looking how things are shaping up for this year. And let's talk about that a little bit. What, what is your outlook moving into this year? What, What are you seeing? What are you anticipating at this point? Well, with, you know, the fertilizer prices, what they've done since Hurricane Ida come through, they've just been, uh, it's, it's not just inching up, they've been jumping up, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So fertilizer prices are going up, you know, as a result, people people are backing off on their corn, uh, on their thoughts of planting corn, mm-hmm. just because, you know, we'll, we'll put twice as much nitrogen on, on corn as what we'll put on cotton. Okay. And, and so there's the nitrogen aspect. Uh, how much is fertilizer going to cost? Mm-hmm. But there's also issues, you know, a lot of our uh, technical ingredients uh, for a lot of our pesticides come from China. Some some of the finished product comes from China. And so there's issues and from other countries, but there's issues on, on are we going to have enough product when we need it? And so there's, there's a lot of uncertainties there. Prices are certainly going up. You know, even if you look at the price of Roundup, Roundup prices more than, quadrupled from what it was before you mm-hmm. know at the start of the season last year so a lot of things are going up and then there's the possibilities of, of it not being there when we need it so there's there's some things going on there but our economists have kind of done as good a job as they can guessing on what input prices are going to be and all that and, and cotton looks very attractive especially compared to other crops i hadn't seen the numbers on peanuts usually peanuts just looks look really good. And, and I think that's been good to help the peanut industry because right. peanuts make a great rotation with cotton. But bottom line is we're going to have less corn. I don't know what soybean numbers are going to do. That's going to depend on the price. Right. But I really expect cotton acres to go up some probably, you know, this, this last year, uh, USDA had us pegged at, at 475,000 planted acres and we harvested 470. And I really think they're going to, our acres are going to go up, you know, around the 12% mark. So it's going to put us kind of where we were the year before mm-hmm. where uh, we planted uh, uh, 525,000 acres. So 
So we're going to have a little over half a million acres, I think. But some of the economists out there are saying they could draw scenarios where our cotton acres would be up a whole bunch, and some, right. and they could do scenarios where cotton acres would could be down. So, but, but uh, in in your in your mind, you know, based on what you're seeing with these input costs and everything else, cotton is becoming a little more attractive. So there's a good chance there's yes. some, there's a lot of cotton planting this year. Yeah, and you know, part of the reason. You know, I think we would have had more cotton this last this last calendar year. You know, we're already into 2022 now, mm-hmm. but we'd have had more cotton if if the 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 planting window had been a little more favorable. So mm-hmm. if we get into planting window this year and everything is really good, and I can see a, a, a situation where we might have more cotton. But if it comes in and we get a lot of our a lot of our varieties that really have the good yield potential that we like and that we need to have are kind of later maturing varieties. And as we get to the middle of May, you know, planting those becomes a little more risky because they are later maturing varieties. So mm-hmm. if we can get those varieties planted in the first half of May, well, life is so much easier for everybody. Right. And so so if we can get a cotton in, if we can get it in early and get it planted, then I think that's going to help us make sure we get to that. And we could even be maybe a little higher than that. So but based on now, just looking at the economic numbers, I, I feel like we're going to be up to about, you know, where we were, you know, that 525,000 acre mark. So, you know, obviously it's, it's impossible to predict uh, all the, you know, especially here in Arkansas, all the weather uh, wackiness and what, what we can expect yeah. or not expect. But if things are falling to more of a normal pattern and, and things do go into the ground more on schedule than they have the past few years, do you think that uh, throws anyone for a loop? I mean, like you said, were people getting used to doing it uh, a little bit later, or do you think everyone will be kind of grateful for the chance to get back to a normal schedule with things? Well, you know, we just we just have to deal. We have to play with the hand that's dealt us. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we can't get the planter in the field early to plant, then we just get, to, you know, the planter in the field when we can, and we just have to roll with the punches and, and be able to adapt. Because, right. you know, that's one of the big things to be successful in farming in farming. You, you've got, you've got to be able to adapt, but everybody wants to, you know, ideally we'd want to, to get those planters rolling in, in uh, the end of April. And, and by the time we rolled into about the, the 10th or 12th, we'd be getting into the short rows on planting and be done by the 15th of May. You know, ideally that's what we'd like to do, sure. but you know, how often do things look like right. a picture in the book? Right. <laughs> not very often, not very often. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else you'd want, you know, as, as, as farmers are out there considering these things and considering factors like the input costs, is there anything else you think they should keep their eyes on when they're, when they're planning, uh, you know, how much cotton or, you know, what they're going to go with this year? Yeah, I think, you know, the the economics are going to drive that and, and, and sometimes the landlord considerations are going to drive what they plant. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the big things we're seeing now, we're kind of in a big transition on varieties, We've had the 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 two gene uh, BT varieties that have done really well for us, but it's getting to the point the two genes not as effective on the bollworm control as we'd like, and some mm-hmm. of our uh, control measures are pretty costly. And so we're moving into the 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 three gene BT varieties, and we've got some varieties now that have really good yield potential that are very competitive with some of our better two gene varieties. And so as a result, you know if you if you look at a uh, year before last, we had one variety that was only uh, was on almost half the acres in the state. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that variety, uh, based on some of my uh, survey work, dropped down to number fifth planted. But but we planted way more varieties this last year than we have in a long time. Mm-hmm. The top five varieties really only accounted for just a little over 60% of the acres. Where in the past, you know, the year before, we had one variety that had almost half the acres. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at those top five acres, we were, we were looking at well over 75% of the acres in the state. This last year, we were just a little over 60% of the acres in the state. So the bottom line is we've got a lot of new varieties, yeah. varieties we don't have a lot of experience with, especially over time. And so variety selection is going to be really important. And some are earlier maturing, some are later maturing, some some are, you know, have the capacity to wait in the field till the picker gets there and others we've got some varieties that when they get open and ready to pick, you need to get the picker in there. So there's strengths and weaknesses of all these varieties and we've got new varieties to look at. So, so looking at variety performance data and, oh, yeah. and knowing something about, you know, digging through that and learning something about your variety, going to the meetings. I'm, I'm going to be talking about varieties a lot in our county meetings and, and, and try to pick those varieties that, that work best for you and your situation. I think is going to be very important because there's, there are a lot of new there are a lot of new ones out there, and I was going to say so that change in you know which varieties and the the mix of varieties that's all driven by just more being available. Uh, is there just a, a desire to try different options out there? Yeah, well the the economics are really driving us to move away from the two gene mm-hmm. BT varieties, and the BT uh, gives us protection from the lepidopters from the worms. Right. It's 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 very, very, very effective on tobacco budworm, and it works pretty good on on bollworm. Okay. And so, but it's getting to where it's not working as well on bollworm as it has in the past. And to make up that difference, you're spending a lot of money. Yeah. And so they, so the three gene varieties that have three three different BT genes in there, give us that extra protection. But when they first started coming out, they didn't have the yield potential. So we couldn't give up the yield to get the extra protection. So now then we don't have to give up yield to have the extra protection we want. So, but it's a new slate of varieties. So we have to learn a new slate of varieties. Yeah. And so obviously, you know, with that being the case, and and you mentioned there's going to be an interest in in farmers learning a little bit more about that, uh, particularly the, the three gene varieties. And you mentioned meetings. Uh, where can they? Where can people go and to find out more about when those meetings are taking place and get information on that? Yeah, well, on uh, Facebook and on Twitter, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of activity on on promotion of of all of the county production meetings, not just the cotton, but the corn and the rice and, and the beans, the uh, grain sorghum, and 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 so forth. And that's the um, UA Extension go- uh, social media presence that's uh, pushing yes. that out. Yeah. And, and then also on, on our website, the, the uada.edu. Okay. Well, that's great. I, I appreciate your uh, wrap-up of the season. Uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, it's typical farming. You never know what you're going to get. And it looked like uh, things might have been going south for a while, but uh, it got better. Yeah, Rob. But, you know, with cotton and, and a lot of things, it's never usually – or I say never – it's usually not quite as bad as it seems, yeah. but then on the other hand, a lot of times it's never as good as it seems. <laughs> and so, you know, in, you know, having challenges and dealing with challenges, is something that we always do and something that, that really, uh, 
that doesn't bother me when we start off with challenges and start off where the crop is kind of running a little slow, but the crop gets a little better and a little better and a little better and a little better. Right. And then peaks at the very end is that, that those years always work out really good. But when you start out so good and things get really, you know, you can't wonder, you can't think, well, it can't get any better than this. It looks like we're going to have a tremendous crop. And yeah. then watch it fall apart in front of you right. before we get, you know, as we get to the end of the season. Those seasons are really challenging yeah. and, and very stressful. And so, uh, so anyway, so we deal with, we deal with the challenges and just do the best we can and go from there. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Robertson. Uh, we appreciate your time. Just want to take a minute to remind you that Arkansas Farm Bureau members get $500 bonus cash toward the purchase or lease of an eligible new Ford vehicle. It's big savings now on your choice from the comfortable and capable lineup of Ford trucks and SUVs, including the new Ford Ranger. To find out all the details, just visit our website, arfb.com, and look for the Member Benefits section. Dr. Robertson talked about the ins and outs of last year's cotton yields and trends in cotton growing in the state. So next I had discussed some of these things from a farmer's perspective with Terry Pollard, who farms cotton and soybeans in Pigot. Terry, I tell you what, why don't you just introduce yourself? That will make it all easier. You tell us about yourself, where you farm. Okay, I'm Terry Pollard, live in Clay County up in Pigot, Arkansas. We farm cotton, corn, soybeans, and rice in the eastern clay county here so okay well uh the reason uh we wanted to talk to you today is uh we had a conversation with dr bill robertson at the u of a and we talked about cotton yields according to usda numbers and you know in some respects there were some records broken and but dr robertson was pretty clear that you know, yields are not great across the board. It wasn't, uh, you know, a great story in every area of the state. Uh, some success in the Northeast, but weather had impacts in other places. So I, I wanted to talk about w what you experienced last year with your cotton crop. Okay, we had a we had a good crop. I've had better crops, but we had a good average crop. And okay, uh, just you know, right in the north part of our county we got a little more rain than they did in the south part you know we heard some record yields just south of us 15 20 miles you know, but, uh, right, right so even, even in close proximity there were some big differences just based on weather patterns i guess yes yes so for you like you said that was it wasn't great but it was kind of an average year right we had a good you know, I've made worse crops, and I, but I've made better crops. So, you know, we had we had a good crop, and then the price offset some of the yield loss, you know. So, well, that's good news. Yeah. What what were the, the biggest challenges that you had during the year? Was it strictly uh, weather issues? Oh, weather and uh, insect control. We have a lot of plant bugs up here in cotton, and, you know, that's always a, a challenge every year, it seems like, for us up here. Right. 
Well, one thing, you know, that we also talked about with Dr. Robertson was, you know, what planning for the future and, and, and the change in, in how people have been planting their cotton crops, maybe even changing the type of cotton that they're going with, uh, maybe moving from two gene to three gene and different things like that. Have you made any changes and and in the type of cotton you're growing or what you're choosing or how you're doing it lately, or are you sticking with the same thing you've been doing for a while? Well, I mean, some of it you you have to change because the variety changes in the companies. They, you know, three yeah. to four years is all you get of a certain variety, it seems like, anymore. So they're always updating varieties, and they're updating to the new genes and stuff also. So... Yeah, well, we have switched to some three-gene cotton, but we're still planting some two-gene also. So, Have you noticed, uh, for, from your perspective, uh, any difference there or any preference for you in terms of what you're getting? Um, not a great deal yet. You know, up here, we do not have the worm pressure like they do in southern Arkansas and, and, and middle Arkansas. We, we just don't get that worm pressure like they do. But right. I can see of the three gene i sure can uh are you going to you know kind of looking ahead you know based on you know everything that's going on right now i understand you know input costs are maybe becoming an issue uh planning for next year what are you thinking for next year is i have you started that process yet are you a little uh, wary of where things are going to go we started you know we're maybe thinking a few more beans and a little bit a little bit less corn, a little bit less, less uh, cotton, you know, not much. I think cotton will probably increase over the statewide and okay. cut the price, but uh, I think you'll see the bean numbers go up also. And, and but you do think cotton may hold steady just because the, the prices are pretty good right now? Yes, yes. I even uh, see an acreage, I think, in that state. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, uh, acreage-wise, I think it was down a little bit last year, but the, the yields were good. And like you said, the price is is working, so maybe those go up. Um, right. Anything uh, you're personally doing, are, are you, you know, have you looked into the varieties this year? Are you just going to go with whatever you, you get? Or are you inclined to say, you know, I, I am, I do want to try more of the, the three gene or two gene, or does it even matter to you at this point? Oh, yeah. You know, we look at the, the trials, you know, that the state Arkansas puts on and then uh, our county always does a, a big plot trial through the university. And so we look at those and uh, there is some numbers that are very promising on some of the newer varieties. So, yeah, we're going to try more of the newer varieties. Okay. Yields and stuff. So you do do some research on that and uh, kind of watch what things are doing and and, and see yeah. what you're interested in. Okay. And now Dr. Robertson and, and, uh, you know, extension, they're going to do some workshops and that sort of thing. Do you ever go to any of those, uh, cotton workshops or, you know, it sounds like you are paying attention to the research that's going on. Do you ever attend any of those or. Yeah. So the day when y'all contacted me, we, I was in a County meeting that day and Dr. Bill was there. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. Our cotton, uh, meeting that, that day last week so yes we i try to go to those meetings and, and pay attention 
And is that something you'd recommend? I mean, is that something you think you, you get something out of it? Do you think other farmers probably would as well? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Is it all for for you? Does it pay off in terms of what, you know, just how you're thinking about planning for next season or, you know, just uh, taking care of the crop overall? I think of both, you know, I think, I think you're, you look at both ways. You're looking at weed controls and different things. You know, that's always a challenge. And then the yield varieties, that's, you know, you always want to stay up to date on it, I think. And, and like you said, you don't face uh, some of the worm issues in other parts of the state. Is that what three gene, uh, is that, is that what it helps with is a little more resilient against, uh, some of those pests? Yes. Yes. Mostly the corn earworm is a, a big challenge for the Southern part of the state. You know, they have a lot of, right. which it turns into a cotton bollworm, you know, but it's, we call it cotton earworm. So yeah, it is a big challenge for some of those guys. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking time today to give me a little report on on your personal experience with cotton this year. Because, again, we were talking to Dr. Robertson just about the overall year in in cotton here in the state. But uh, we wanted a a true farmer perspective on that. So I I appreciate it. All right. Well, Uh, uh, good good luck next season. Okay. Thanks, Rob. That's it for another Arkansas AgCast. We'll be back next Thursday with more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.